Hey everybody, this is Martin and you're listening to Healing Together, a podcast that connects you to me and some of my amazing friends, where we hope that our stories will bring you comfort, inspiration and healing. I want to give you a behind the scenes view of people's lives, both the ordinary and extraordinary. And I think that you will realize that most often moving through struggle relies on finding a way to shine a light on some of the darkest corners of your heart. And through this, we can build strength and therefore remain open, kind and grateful. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Healing Together. Well into the double figures now. So, I'm on a bit of a roll with the podcast shows at the moment. I am recording my second one in two days. Uh, We just released uh, episode 10 with the lovely Bethany. So I'm sure people are, are currently working their way through that one. And today, as I mentioned uh, in that particular show with Bethany, I've got my sister Claire here. So hi, Claire. Are you okay? Hello. Yeah, I'm fine. So we're we're working off one mic today because I've fucked up as always with the um, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff here. So it's very intimate. Um, but it's the, well, the last time we did this, it was the the show with Amram and with his mumbling and quiet voice. It was sometimes hard to hear, so I don't think that'll be the case today because Claire and I are similar in many ways and uh, a a louder voice is definitely one of um, those similarities. So today, Claire and I will be going through some of her reactions and thoughts to episode nine, which was my post-holiday reflections and thinking back to my childhood and how some of that shaped me. And I was definitely aware when I was recording that particular show that some of my family would listen and that maybe they would have different recollections. So we're going we're gonna to talk a bit about that because... I think that's interesting and and will be helpful for us both. I know certainly both of my sisters who've fed back to me lots on their reactions to the podcast in general have found it really helpful. And I think like you'd even said to me last week, I'll listen to the podcast to catch up with you because I was so busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I am aware of that and thinking about the fact that I'm on a bit of a roll with the podcasts too at the moment, I'm aware that I have gone into my overworking in the last couple of well in the last few days on returning from holiday probably like a bit of a punishment for actually daring to have a break so there's dad's voice coming in (laughs) um what you're having a holiday you can't do that what's that um so anyway it's obviously still very active as a um as a a self-concept that that having a break is not okay but um never mind I'm, i'm putting it right now um so yeah so we're gonna start off this particular show by uh talking through claire's reactions to that that episode and actually it it will be related to the rest of the content because we're going to talk about how claire is navigating her um parenting of her teenage daughter and that is an ongoing um uh 
battle yeah. <laughs> of wills. Yeah. Um, I'm reminded of you when you were that age, yeah. and I suppose you are definitely getting that mirror yeah. held up to you. Um, and uh, part of that that is um, talking about Grace's anorexia and how uh, how everyone has to manage that in 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 Claire's family. So. Um, it kind of all fits because, of course, how we are brought up shapes how we then um, raise our children and, and how we are in all of our relationships. So the general themes will be motherhood and anorexia um, and raising a teenage daughter um, or child because you have two teenage children. Um, but first of all, before we do any of that, um, we're going to start with a nice bit of breath work. I know Claire benefits a lot from some of the practices that I talk about on on this podcast and breath work is definitely an effective tool to help regulate the nervous system. So we're going to work with the sun breath um, which is or or what's sometimes known as the positive breath and it's where we breathe in through the right nostril and out through the left dead simple. So we'll just do five of those really simple. And so to do that, we bring our, well, right or left hand up to the face. I'm just not going to do that because I need to um, speak into the mic. And closing the left nostril. And then taking a breath in through the right nostril for five, four, three, two, one. A slight pause while you switch and exhale in through the left for five. Four, three, two, one. Slight pause on the switch. Inhaling through the right for five. Switching, exhaling through the left for five. Switching, inhaling right for five. Switching, exhaling left for five. Last two, inhaling through the right for five. Exhaling through the left for five. And doing the last one on your own. bringing the hand down and taking a breath in through both nostrils nice and full and exhale sigh it out through the mouth okay a positive breath to give some power power <laughs> the difficult times yeah approaching them from a place of calm and a bit more balance okay so when I came back from holiday, obviously I'd had a lot of thoughts about certain things going on in my life. And before the show started, I was describing to Claire some of the things that I'm going to be working through. Um, and it's not that I'm keeping that a secret from anybody, but as I mentioned, I think it's important for me to process the impact of certain um aspects of my story that have come up that maybe haven't had that attention. And as I said to you, talking 
to family, to Amram, to other people, maybe a therapist is, is a part of that work. And so at some point I, you know, will share that when I'm ready. Um, and I hope that that helps you realize that, you know, you can do work on your stuff and not need to tell everybody, you know, or not need to tell certain individuals because it's your story, it's your stuff and it's yours to work on in whichever way feels comfortable for you. So that said, I did share quite a few things in that particular episode and I rather than me kind of suppose what was um impactful for you claire i'm wondering um if you could oh well we better introduce you first of all (laughs) (laughs) it's because i'm working with one mic it's obviously thrown me off okay i would introduce claire normally but she's here so um claire tell us a bit about you for anybody that doesn't know you oh so um i am martin's sister um, I work as a community nurse at Brampton. I've just gone back into nursing after a few years out. Um, I live in Carlisle and I've got two children. Who uh, Grace is nearly 16 and Max is 13 and um, I'm a single parent. And how's that going for you? Uh, it's okay, yeah. we've uh, We've been on our own now for... 12 years so it changes but yeah we're, we're doing all right we're doing all right and how do we find you today honestly um i'm a bit better than i was uh i haven't had a great weekend we've had me and grace have been butting heads quite a bit um and yesterday i felt a little bit better i felt more in control more kind of powerful um but today i'm feeling a bit kind of like the aftermath Mm. um but no i'm doing all right i'm doing all right because september and this time of year is not always easy for you is it no it's not my favorite time of year at all (laughs) and what is it about that that Uh, we lost mum at the end of september um so i think kind of the third week in august i always start to feel this kind of dread um i'm usually worse the beginning of september and then things settle a little bit um but i always just feel like i don't really know what to do or it's just an odd feeling um like it makes me kind of want my mom more and just mm-hmm. to be around me um and then it hits you that she's not here um so yeah it's difficult it's a difficult time and i think it's the end of summer um it's colder oh, i just yeah. always find it more difficult yeah and once i get into october <laughs> I'm always a little bit happier. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you know, the, the, you've had both Grace and Max before mum died. And so, like, you've always got their stuff that's going on around September as well because yeah, yeah. it's going to school. And so, like, yeah. it's a big time of year in yeah. every way. It is, yeah, in um, everything. And I think I got, you know, I met my ex-husband at this time of year. Oh, I got married yeah. at this time of year. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So I usually try to plan a nice thing. So me and my best friend have gone on holiday before at this time yeah, of year. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that next year. But for 
lots of different reasons we've not been able to do that so yeah it's just a difficult time of year Mm. and work is extremely busy we're getting into the winter months so there's all that as well yeah yeah and that is an extra pressure this year because you started your training last year which was a change but now you're actually in the thick of it yeah and navigating Um, that with uh, the kids uh, they're on their own a bit more and that's not always their favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) oh and you've got lola and i've got lola so lola is one of pippa Pippa is my black Labrador, one of her puppies. And uh, obviously we've got Pasha, who is Pippa's son. And so Pasha and Lola, brother and sister. Yeah. Um, so. She's the love of my life. Like, I absolutely adore her. But she's an extra... She's another child. Mm. I mean, mm. she is. She needs looked after when I'm not there or looked in on. Um, and when I, the reason why I didn't get a dog for many, many years was because I wanted to give her my best. Yeah. Um, and I can do that, but it takes a lot. Yeah. But yeah, she's, yeah. she's wonderful. It's funny because I think she's dependent on you like the kids are. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Do you think you've got anything to do with that? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't want her to want anyone else. <laughs> uh, but Yeah. <laughs> And I guess that is a key difference between me and you that I'm not a parent, well, except yeah. of dogs. Yeah. Um, so that's, well, and of course, my journey with potential parenthood is a whole other, well, set of episodes. And uh, maybe that's a one that you'll come in on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at some point. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting. And I think that that has a lot to do with some of your stuckness around maybe well that's my word but some of your stuckness around your grief with losing mum and what that meant for you Mm -hmm. and uh how my stories i mean i feel like i've got a totally different relationship with her since she died than i did before she did yeah and i've done that through all of the ways in which i have done that mainly through therapy which i'd talked about some of that in that last episode and i know that you've had you've done some work on your relationship with her but I guess a lot of that has been through your your relationship with yourself as a mother of your yeah, own kids yeah. and um there's still a lot to do yeah yeah there's and I know you'd said when you were listening to that particular show yeah that it was stuff that you'd never thought about no. so anyway we'll go back to where we were before I actually introduced you. Is it because I know you? I think everybody else does. Um, Most people probably do. (laughs) um, So, yeah, what were your reaction? What, yeah, how how did you react to that particular um, episode? I think it was the the two specific things that you spoke about um, when you were at nursery. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because I do feel like we have very different takes of how it was okay. um all those years ago but it made me feel really sad for you and that's why i cried okay because uh, i felt like we were really close and i should have known and uh-huh. i didn't know because uh-huh. i was only a year older if you were three i was only four yeah. um i remember things as as we got older more like when you spoke about when you were 14 and yeah. mum swallowed her tongue and stuff uh-huh. i remember and me and you being on our own a lot I remember yeah, that. I yeah. used to take you for your school uniform and I would pay for it That's when right, you were 14 you were and working. I was 15 because yeah. we were working, you know, yeah. and it just took me right back. Uh-huh. Um, and it, and it, and it, I've got a lot of stuff and I know I've got a lot of stuff to sort out and to talk about and, 
and work on um but i think i've got a lot of other stuff that needs me to be my best self at the minute do you know what i mean like okay. that's maybe for later on uh, but it just made me feel really sad for you okay yeah 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 i don't know if it's sadness for me mm. i don't really know maybe for that see that's where i think maybe there's like this bit that i i don't know if i'd intentionally stuff it down no i don't know i mean i did then um yeah. as a, i think just when you said about eating the pie and i was like oh yeah i know where that pie came from yeah and sitting with your back i knew where that was and it's stuff that i've not really thought about for a really long time uh -huh. um and it just took me right back there and the sadness of it i knew there was a lot of stuff going on but i was just smile get on with it we're yeah. fine yeah you know? and it, it it is painful yeah to think about it's interesting though because that's what you do now yeah um, whereas I'll go quiet, yeah. which is what I did then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I've had that said a lot. I paint a smile on, uh -huh. and I do. Yeah. Not as much nowadays, yeah. uh, but definitely when I was younger, everybody was just like, oh, smiley Claire, she's got a lovely smile. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've always been the what, like, just to try and make everything okay and look after everybody and mother everybody and... I guess it's a shame. I feel like we did do that between us. Yeah. When we yeah, were younger. Yeah. I definitely know that maybe that's how you find, I suppose, like a sense of value and mm -hmm. worthiness because that's how you were praised yeah. then. Um, I was obviously praised for being quiet and a good mm -hmm. boy and not mm -hmm. making a fuss. Um, and now you work very hard, like we said earlier on, about being so dependable. Yeah. for your kids yeah and i talked about the positive aspects of me being able to sit back and pay attention and well, i mean often that might mean avoiding loads of other things yeah. but the things i do pay attention to i can do something special with i guess um so i'm aware of the positive aspects of the ways in which i was required to be when i was younger yeah. help me now but of mm -hmm. course and i'd said it in the show notes it's not just or or in the description of the the show or whatever about how you know it's it's got some benefits and it's it, it, it helps and it hinders yeah big time um and so what ways do you think painting a smile on and being happy and dependable for everybody hinders you well it's false isn't it I guess it's false and I've been pretty much on my own for the last kind of 12 years um there you know there has been situationships and things mm. but I have been on my own because I find it easier than to actually let someone in and not be that smiley person all the time uh-huh uh-huh and so it's that... difficult to be like to truly <coughs> kind of it, it's just part of who i am i guess and then when it gets too much that's when i shy away from it a little bit ah so you end up doing that as a coping mechanism yeah for sure and for sure. what what do you think might if you if you could have an ideal version of of being dependable smiley and being more real because it, it is real that is a real yeah, part it of is you. real what would be uh i don't know like a healthier or more ideal way of you being well, just, I guess, being able to be both. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it be okay. With who? 
um, with the people that I'm around. Okay. And myself. Yeah, yeah. And I do, I do find it, like, I'm definitely, with the kids, that's the kind of who I am all the time. But do you know what I mean? But it's easier for me with everyone else. Like, I want to help everybody, mm-hmm. and that doesn't always serve me either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, people, it's like a light shining above your head saying, mm-hmm. come and take a advantage of my which is what's happened yeah. many times so it's mm-hmm. easier to just be on my own <laughs> yeah yeah well and i, I kind of know that from when i was on my own for a while and i held on to that very tightly yeah. and to be honest i still do really with yeah. Amram now but um i think he's been really good for me because he's very i mean i was bored with most people before yeah. me that were interested in me and obviously the other people were just it was trauma bond to try and get them to like me when <laughs> they were never gonna um but anyone that did actually like me as i am needed to be a very powerful presence yeah. so that first of all i wouldn't be bored yeah and second of all that they wouldn't let me get away with shit and i mean i remember lovely um sandra blair yeah. you know how kind of soft she is yeah. certainly presents that way anyway she's really strong underneath but i remember when she met amram and and she's always been very like twinkly twinkly floaty floaty with me and um she'd said um oh he'll be good for you him because he won't take your bullshit mm-hmm. um and i loved that because it's yeah. so true um and he um yeah he definitely pushes my edges but then he i think he helps me do that both thing yeah that you were talking about yeah i, I mean as we'll get into i think grace helps me be both uh-huh. yeah. as well. yeah so you know like it isn't always about your your kind of your romantic relationships no, that hold a mirror up and um uh require you to step into different ways of being than than have that than the ones that have been most comfortable for the rest of your life yeah. because it's definitely friendships i have like four or five very close friendships and they each of them like bring something else out of me and and that feels enough yeah yeah know, yeah yeah and it changes as we've got older so. yes yeah okay so was that was there anything else that came up in that that you felt um, that you wanted to 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 talk about here i don't think so i think as we talk more about things then more things will come out but mm-hmm. i think it's just it's it's I, I definitely hold mum in a quite a high regard um yeah. and it's difficult for me still to see past my, the grief and missing her yeah you know to be able to go back like i've only just started putting pictures up of mum okay. in the last few years uh-huh. you know i would i had some big moments with you with your retreats and yeah. You know, when I did lots access bars and all these different healing things and a lot of stuff shifted for me and uh-huh. that was only four years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there's yeah, there's still a lot of things and I predominantly care for dad, so that takes a lot of my energy yeah. as well. Yeah. And he tests me beyond belief. Well, he just projects everything that he used to and yeah. you know we won't talk too much about him because he's not here and yeah. that's not fair but a lot of the ways in which he hasn't what we believe hasn't dealt with about her dying mm. he just then projects onto you yeah and, and he says i'm you're like your mother yeah yeah you look like her you act like yeah. her and that's interesting because all of that 
being dependable to everybody and never paying attention to your own needs is actually why you like her. Yeah, for and sure. And you... I try really hard to mm. look after myself. Yeah. Yeah. In every way so that I'm not, you know, I don't follow the same pattern. Yeah, yeah. And yet, you know, those ways are hard to catch yeah. before you then make the difficult choice to not go down yeah, the yeah, same path sure. um, and of course then you've got those people that depend on you being that way give you a hard time when you try to redress the balance towards yeah. looking after yourself For more sure. yeah she's a miss yeah she's a big miss yeah but yeah. we've got each other you know we are close yeah absolutely so yeah yeah good. and it is a reminder of like her energy I suppose yeah for like sure it's, it's around but it's good for us to be able to talk yeah. about it it's not a bad thing when I hear it it's just oh <laughs> yeah that feels a bit weird yeah yeah well and I don't we'll, we'll finish in a minute but there's yeah. one thing as well that I don't really think I've told you or covered necessarily but the reason that I am the reason I do this job is because I looked after her yeah. emotionally so there's a bit of me that wants to go well no wonder she thought the world of me because I was some kind of emotional comfort blanket yeah. for her and I say that with a bit of um like uh negativity yeah I shouldn't have I that suppose. to do that yeah. yeah um and so maybe my sadness is underneath some anger yeah about that yeah um but then I know why it happened and I I know that everybody goes through the stuff and every parent leaves a child with work to do emotionally yeah. they've got to grow up on their own emotionally following their parents and actually I can't I feel like I can't be angry fully angry or fully sad because all of that gets kind of like whatever shit that is is turned into the most amazing fertilizer because I go and help people yeah, in the ways that she would never have accepted me helping her because yeah. she never wanted to face her own stuff no. and you know was just pleasing everybody else instead <laughs> um so like that that and I feel like I did all of that work the week she died mm. while she was dying because I was like well you can leave now and I'm gonna look after everybody else because I couldn't look after you yeah. and that was my biggest frustration with her that when I became an adult and I wasn't as capable anywhere near as no. I am now or maybe ever would be capable enough but she wouldn't let me help her mm. and so it was a bit like her she was saying fuck you to me yeah, yeah, was yeah. what it felt like mm. um, when in actual fact she probably just didn't want to face it no no she and didn't want to be old she didn't no, want you know no so. There's a whole other story as well, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, and I, I just, I remember when she was dying, I was like, well, this is the one thing that you can actually choose for yourself now. You don't have to stay. Mm. Like, well, well, we are all fine. We're here. Yeah, so we're here. It's like, <laughs> um, but I think as well, that just shows that from a very early age, almost like in, in, in our bones, that she was that, that dependable, like, in a way, it's disabled you mm -hmm. from being as self-sufficient yeah. as you would like to be yeah. or a self-sufficient instead of having others depending on you yeah. because that's what was mod like, that's what you received as love. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was about being there for somebody. Mm. Um, and it's, oh, oh right, we, we, we will get onto your stuff, but I've just realised <laughs> something now. This is me like live processing. <laughs> so five love languages 
Um, my um, what what I need in a loving relationship or any relationship is um, acts of service. Mm. So I like things to be done for me, and I like to be told that I'm doing a good job. Yeah, and that's exactly what she did for me. Yeah, I imagine yours. Well, I don't know if you've done it. I have, but I can't really work it out. I don't know, and oh, that's right. sad, isn't it? That yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. I used to think that it was acts of service or words of affirmation, um, but I don't really know. Mm. I think it's somebody being there for mm. you, whatever that one is. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, anyway but that's interesting because that's what I want most from Amram, and that's what he has to... Um, and he does, he's good at the act of service, like he does my pillbox, <laughs> you know, for my, I've got one of those old people yeah. things because I can't remember to take them for vitamins. And Eddie does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he does it for me every week. And like, uh, if I'm not very well, he always makes sure that he I've, does. like I'm doing, and, and many, many other little yeah. things. Um, but those mean massive amounts to me and does appreciation and he's not good at appreciation right, but okay. that's that's a mirror of how he treats himself because yeah. he never um, practices gratitude towards himself or pays attention to what's going well so I can be a mirror for him <laughs> anyway <laughs> enough of all of that God we could go on all day it should have been post holiday no post holiday reflections reflections episode yeah <laughs> absolutely okay so thanks for that um and i guess i'll speak to kerry about it as well yeah. and obviously any other of our siblings but i don't imagine the others will be as forthcoming um so <laughs> which of course they're entitled to yeah. um not to not um so we said that we were going to talk today about um how things have been with Grace what and, and what ultimately ended up in her being diagnosed with anorexia, which felt like it kind of came from nowhere. Yeah. Um, and so I know you've talked to her about the fact that you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, she's just excited to listen to it. And she gives her consent. She does give her consent, yeah. She likes, she likes me to talk about it. Yeah, okay, that's she good. Does. That's good. Um... Okay then, well I think I'll just hand over to you now to tell us kind of where this began and this might be your own experience, like from your own perspective or Gracie's story around it, whatever you want to do and I'll just interject whenever I feel it's appropriate. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think it was during lockdown, I think a lot of things came up for a lot of people but it certainly did for me and Grace. So during lockdown um she decided that she wanted to do um joe wicks on a morning um so that's what she did and then she had nothing else to do than to sit on her phone looking at instagram talking to her friends um and i just kind of noticed throughout 2020 a few things changing um so she was 13 at that time is that right yeah so a few things kind of changing with her eating habits and Grace was, you know, a little bit overweight. You know, she was. She liked her food, but she was. She's. She appeared and told me that she was quite happy. Um. So she started exercising, and then I was running. So then I had to stop running because I've got a sore knee. And then she wanted to run with me. So we. I would walk while she would run, and then I would notice 
that she was kind of not eating a meal or she was restricting herself a little it wasn't much it was just a little bit and then as we got into 2021 kind of February time she said she felt faint and I thought oh maybe she's anemic maybe it's something to do with her periods maybe it's you know um a blood pressure thing you know so I said okay we'll go to the doctors so they checked her over and they said oh she is a bit anemic Uh Uh, she can go on iron and we'll keep an eye on her blood pressure and that didn't really happen and then I noticed all of a sudden she kind of over kind of it was probably more sort of May time she really started to restrict what she was eating um now I didn't really notice a massive change in her mood at this time it was more just oh she's not eating the same or she's restricting what she's eating um she started running um but running and running and running and not eating enough I used to see her pound in the pavements near where we live Uh um and I'm thinking to myself, that's not okay. Like, you know, and it all just kind of started dripping, dripping, dripping a little bit. And I would talk to her about it and she was like, oh, I'm fine. You know, she was very plausible. I'm fine. I just want to lose weight. I like to run. I'm okay. And my friend actually said to me one day when I took a photo of her, she said, do you think that there's something going on with Grace with her eating? Because um, she'd had a similar experience when she was younger and I just started with her own own eating yeah and she said now she tells me like oh my god I was so (laughs) concerned about her but she was kind of talking to me and saying oh you know do you think that maybe there's an issue um and then it just kind of June came and I thought oh there's this is not okay there's and I tried to get her to eat and that my thing was before we kind of got to the stage of getting help you you've got to eat three meals a day like that's your bare minimum and that started becoming a fight it started becoming a real fight she didn't want to go out for dinner or tea she just wanted to eat the same thing she was restricting right down i mean when we actually sat and looked at it at one point she was eating about 600 calories a day um and you know it's not an excuse but I had Max as well, so I guess I just kind of thought, oh, this is just what she's doing at the minute, you know. Um, Was she losing weight at this time? Yeah, so she was losing weight, but she wanted to lose weight, and at this time she wasn't an unhealthy weight, and that's something I'll talk about later. I thought, oh, you know, she's just lost a bit of weight. She she looks, she's okay, it's okay, it'll all be fine. Uh Um, Denial, (laughs) obviously. Um, and then we went away at the beginning of August. We went to uh, London. Yeah. And it was horrific. So the change of where we were, um, she couldn't eat what she wanted to eat in the morning because there wasn't the specific things. Um, she worried about would she going to be able to run. She didn't want to go out and eat. So when she went out and eat, you could see all the calories on menus of things. So she would sit beforehand and look and check and see what like online yeah. and oh my god okay yeah in the end on that trip i um blocked calories on her phone so she wasn't able to look them up so if she put how many calories in something oh yeah it was yeah. awful it was yeah. awful and it was miserable uh she would run in a morning round high park she would run in a night round high park because we were just opposite it yeah i would walk around it while she would run it to keep her safe and she had a tracker on her phone so I knew where she was 
Um, and then I spoke to her about it and I said, look, th- this is not, there's something quite serious going on. Um, so we agreed three days after that in August that she would go to the doctor's. So she went to the doctors and she just kind of openly spoke about it for the first time, really. Now, our class, me and Grace, have a really close relationship and I am quite active. You know, I look at her phone, I talk to her about everything. We, we, like, you know, I'm... She doesn't, there's not many places she goes where I don't know where she is or who she's with or those kind of things. Yeah. But I guess, looking back, whether she knew exactly what was going on or whether she just got in too deep, you know, I don't really know when that yeah. actual anorexia yeah. took over. So we went to the doctors and he said, yes, she's lost weight. He said, she's not that skinny. Because um, I thought, and I've spoke to a lot of people and read a lot of things, that skinny, uh, sorry, that anorexic people were emaciated, were very, very thin. Uh-huh. You know, that didn't look normal, you know. You like know, you would be able to tell physically tell. based on yeah. this idea that people are starving. Yeah. yeah. And Grace's rock bottom was her hair. <coughs> so in this o- August time her hair went very very thin and it was falling out she's got beautiful thick lovely hair and that had started to happen um so he said let's refer her and we'll just kind of see and he wasn't overly like "Hmm, maybe this isn't over um protective mum maybe that isn't really what's going on you you felt i felt like that's what he he was was saying oh she's been a bit over the top yeah i get that quite a lot Okay. Um, but Grace said, I'm frightened about my eating. I'm frightened that I can't eat, that I'm fat, um, that nobody likes me. It's kind of like I feel in control. And we've argued over that a little bit because I say she's in control. It's the anorexia that's in control. Whereas she says, it's not, I'm not in control. I'm out of control. Like, I can't control it. And yet she's the one doing it. Yeah. So that's that separation. Yeah. Of, I guess that's um, an education thing on her part as yeah. well. She just thinks that, no, ma'am, I'm not in control. Yeah, yeah. So they referred us to the SEDS team, which is the um, Cumbria Eating Disabilities team. And that took until the 30th of September. Um... So what's that like? A month, six weeks? Uh, it was no, pro- about seven weeks. So in that time, it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, she probably lost nearly two stone in that time. God. Um, she was pounding the pavements, running five, six, seven miles on six, seven hundred calories. Uh, trying to get her to eat anything was just really difficult. She would hit, she would scream, she would throw things. While you were trying to get her yeah. to eat and exercise. Yeah, and, and also not knowing, actually, is feeding her the right thing to do? Right. You know, is, is this what I should be doing? If she's anorexic, should, she, should it be more controlled? Should she eat a certain amount at a certain time? At that time, I knew nothing. So just blind really. leading the blind. Yeah. And all the while, she's wasting away in front yeah. of you. Because, I mean, two stones a lot for most people, yeah. but she'd already lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, say at this point she was... Well, she lost all in all from when the first day they weighed her, she'd lost five and a half stones in eight months. So going from being... Um, 
you know, like a, a healthy weight, maybe a little on the overweight She was side. a podgy preteen. Yeah. You know, she was. So a kind pod. of a, 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 oh, well, she could probably, she'll grow. She'll lose a bit of weight as she grows. Having that kind of idea about her and her body image and diet and things yeah. like that to then within the space of how many months? Nine months. Uh, eight or nine. Well, nine, nearly ten months. Yeah. Eight or nine months. She's lost... What? Five and a half stone. Which is how much of a percentage of a body weight then? So like a third, more than well, more than a more third, than a third. More, more than, than a third, third of a body weight, and she's five foot. Well, she's five foot seven now, but she was probably only five four, five three, five four then. Yeah. So a lot. And a lot. how you then get your head around how you. It's almost like a different person. She is a complete... She was then a completely yeah. different person and she is a completely different person, which I'll talk about later. Um, and I thought anorexia happened to other people. Uh-huh. Didn't happen to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine. I, 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 I genuinely believe they were going to say, don't worry, you know, we can help you, but it's not anorexia. It's, it's an eating kind of issue and will help you i didn't think that they would say she has anorexia so what happened when they did say that then um so the eating disability team um we went to see them and it consisted of us going once a week um and in all honesty they're actually there for the parent because the parent has to feed the child so i was doing the right thing Okay. I was feeding her three times a day. And that and was that just was, instinct. It was instinct. So so I've said to other people that are going through the same or similar, strip everything back. And when they're six months old, we give them solids. That's what we do. You mm. start to feed mm. each other, whatever age. But at six months old-ish, we feed them three times a day. Just do that. If we strip it all back and our kind of motherly instinct is to nourish our children so Uh that's what i felt she needed when in actual fact what she needed was to be fed six times a day Uh so that was very very difficult so answering your question it when they told us grace just looked completely like oh well like is that what's wrong with me but actually it was anorexia that was i saw it as two different people which is what they told me to do so to see anorexia as a part of grace but it's not grace so grace wasn't hitting out refusing to eat you know um all of those behaviors it was anorexia and they told us right on that first session to give anorexia a name Uh so me and grace being me and grace we decided to call her the bitch (laughs) (laughs) so she was the bitch um the bitch that was making her do all of this stuff I was absolutely flawed Mm -hmm. like my whole world fell apart to think that my lovely little beautiful girl has got this disease inside of her this person you know not person but this evil thing and I didn't understand anything about it I class myself as someone who works you know I work on my mental health I work on kind of um, wellness and meditation. She's always done meditation, <coughs> Reiki, yoga yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about all of that very openly. Um, and yet I missed it. I missed kind of seeing what she was going through. So what do you... Um, so 
your life, your life that year, I know how much you were doing because a lot mm. of it was helping us. Yeah, I know. So, like, how how is that 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 might have had something to do yeah, with you missing it? I mean, it was it wasn't one thing; it was a hundred things, you know. And I had an eleven-year-old son yeah, that was yeah. going to secondary school in a pandemic, who was missing his last year, who very openly I've spoke about Max was a very very difficult child there was a lot of stuff that used to happen that did happen um he was very difficult at school I was very involved in all of his school you know I used to have to go in and and see him and talk to the teachers and there was a lot going on and he wasn't able to have the kind of transition that he needed so there was a lot of stuff with him he Uh has had lots of um investigations and assessments and unfortunately for well fortunately or unfortunately he falls in the middle ground of adhd autism Uh um, and we manage it and i feel like we manage it really well and that's took shit loads of work which you know not not in place of grace getting your attention because actually for most of her life she was generally she was a dream. I, I would say low maintenance, yeah. but maybe compared to Max. Yeah, she was. Yeah, um, she was. She was. She was just the smiley, happy. Yeah. Like what I do, look yeah. after everybody, smiling, everything's fine. But behind closed doors, obviously, things were different for her. Um, but yeah, I I talk to people about it now. It's not your fault you do your best and I try and show myself the same kindness but it is very difficult because it's an evil disease Uh and it it can get anyone at any time and I talk to a lot of people like I've had probably 15 messages of people since I've shared our story Uh saying I think we're at the same stage I think I'm worried. Do you think this? What? The, and we, I talk to people about it. Yeah, I've referred people to you, yeah. like you know, conversationally yeah, rather yeah. than professionally. But yeah, yeah because yeah. it's and I continue to share photos of her. And there's one particular photo where she now I look at it and now she looks at it and she looked so so unwell. Yeah. And people did it. That was a few weeks before. This was that period in between getting her help and yeah. going for sets. Um, and they're like, oh my God, like, what is, is she okay? And now I see it, you know, and I just truly believed that it didn't happen to us and it can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. And just to it, not blame yourself, like, you know, <laughs> I'm blaming myself that I didn't see it, but I do know that there was a lot going on and I still fed her. I still looked after yeah, her, yeah, you know. yeah. I guess you can always say you could have done more. Because yeah, imagine, like, even if you weren't, you know, say Max was chilled and all of that, yeah. and, and you, you weren't working, you weren't helping Dad, you weren't being a million things to a million people, mm. you still could have missed it. Yeah, I know. I know. And I didn't. And well, no, I, no, and yeah. you didn't. <laughs> no. And I didn't. And without going into too much detail, I'm on my own with it there's me mm. um from a parent point of view well or held back well actively <laughs> trying to cause issues and yeah. actively 
making everything a hundred times harder but you know it's <clears> it's kind of like there's me and grace and then from that side we just get stones thrown at us continually um but yeah the, and it wasn't accepted her um, diagnosis from her father's point of view it wasn't accepted so i was then being told you're being a drama queen there's nothing wrong with her ah okay yeah you know yeah. so you're fighting against that as well um and grace is hearing that and actually the bitch needed that anorexia yeah, not it's, grace. it's power yeah to anorexia yeah. saying yeah this isn't real and then she can take over even more because there's less yeah. of a defense against mm -hmm. her definitely but do you know we went in the it was the 30th of september and by the end of october last year we were staying in your house this house looking yes. after your yeah after the dogs and she ate a pizza and chips and that was just like she talks about it now and she's like it was just the best thing ever ma'am like they've said to us all the way through how strong she is how resilient she is uh -huh. when grace makes a decision to do something much like myself mm -hmm. she's gonna do it to the best of her ability and she was discharged in february um and we still have issues but things are definitely better than they ever were so i remember there were times where you know going back before maybe the 30th of october or that time before you came here so that month mm. You know, it was literally like going back to having a baby, wasn't it? Like, so she wasn't allowed to exercise. No, she wasn't allowed to exercise at all. She wasn't allowed to walk any further than 15 minutes once a day with me. She wasn't allowed to do PE. Um, she had to eat six times a day. So that was really difficult. So we got it up to five times and we never got over five times but they were quite happy with that because every week when i took her the first thing that they did was weigh her mm -hmm. and as long as she was putting weight on that was okay if she stayed the same which she did a couple of times we had a discussion around that to see if she could get her up to the six times but just to put that in context she woke up she had to eat at 10 o'clock she had to eat at 12 o'clock she had to eat you know six uh three kind of five and seven those were what they were wanting now this is to feed someone that doesn't want fed uh -huh. so i remember one of the times um it was like the, the afternoon snack the number kind of four was the hardest always because she was like well i've eaten my dinner and i'm gonna have my tea and you're arguing against anorexia you're not uh -huh. arguing against grace and i had half a cereal bar and I wanted her to eat it and she wouldn't eat it. So I took her for a drive to try and lighten the mood. Uh -huh. yeah. um, and I remember ringing my friend whose daughter was going through exactly the same thing. She was a couple of months ahead of us right. and she got in the car with us and I was absolutely inconsolable. Just like, how can my daughter not eat half a cereal bar or you know i remember it was about three grapes or half a banana um and she sat in the car with her and she said off you go for a walk and let me kind of talk to her um and it was absolutely pouring down and i remember just wandering the streets of london road just up and down up and down i got in the car she still hadn't eaten it but she just took the pressure 
off me a little bit uh-huh. and spoke to me about it in a different way. Um, but it was hell. Mm. It was hell. But every single week, she did put weight on. Mm. Every single week. And those sessions were completely invaluable to me. They were just... To- and she hated it. The bitch, anorexia, uh-huh. hated that I got upset, that I got the support, that I was listened to or I was able to say what was difficult, what was, you know, a little bit easier. Um, she sat with her arms folded, just like, get away from me. She wouldn't take her jacket off. Um, she didn't really engage a lot of the time, but they said to me, that isn't grace, that's right. anorexia. Okay. So once she got to a weight that they felt that was kind of, they would take her blood pressure, her height, her weight, her temperature, um, and then once she got then took again, where she got to a restored weight, you could see almost this dark cloud lift from her. Okay. It was unbelievable. Where she was able to make an informed, you know, good decision. With less battling against yeah. the bitch. A little bit less, yeah. Right. A little bit less as she were. And just, she, you know, it's different for everybody, but she wanted to know her weight. I think other people don't like to know so they wear blind and they don't find out but she needed to know her weight okay but i had to get rid of the scales at my house because at one point she was probably weighing herself eight times a day to see what that three grapes had done to her um her period stopped quite quickly they'd been like kind of june july and then they just didn't come back um but in january they came back. No, sorry, February, March, they came back. So that meant her body was then restored for her anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is slightly different, but it affects every single part of them, every part. Like, they they don't produce bone marrow if they're not having periods, so they get holes in their bones. So it affects that. Um, You know, her hair fell out, her skin was grey, she had she was exhausted she was freezing all yeah, of the I time remember. yeah and that was like summer yeah yeah she did um the gelt gladiator um and i shared videos and i shared pictures and i said how proud of her i was because i didn't want her to be a dirty secret yeah. i didn't want people to not see her and uh-huh. not think that she was worthy because she had <coughs> this thing going yeah. on yeah um and she she like it's not that she likes me talking about it so much i think she just it's like oh mom's not ashamed of it yeah yeah definitely and that's a big thing for yeah us. yeah so rather than her be like oh i want you to talk about it this is like an ego driven thing not it's more the lack of shame that you're demonstrating that you have about yeah. this because if i can her. talk about it then i think it makes it easier for her to talk about it yeah. or if i do maybe she doesn't need to yeah yeah you know because she always she still says it now oh you just tell everybody everything Uh, yeah i do i mean i don't but i I have no issues with sharing hard stuff Uh uh-huh and that's well that's very different then and we'll come on to the reflections about you know what this meant for you as a mother and you know like how it affected you and where that came from but 
I can imagine very much that, well, in our family anyway, if this had been you, for example, mm. I don't think it would have been the same no, at all. It wouldn't. In it terms wouldn't. of no shame. No, it wouldn't. And I think um, well, from the messages that I've got, I would say half of them, are, people are shameful. They, they, they feel right. shame. Because I felt like guilty that I didn't pick it up. And that's easy to then develop into shame, like, it, you know, oh, how could I not see that? Or how could I not look after her properly? And it's like, well, I've not done my job, so I'm ashamed of myself for it. And I think it's not that at all. I think it can happen to anyone at any time. And if we talk about it and get the help, they said to me, you know, we've caught her early. And I say that to people all the time. It doesn't matter if there's a change in behaviour and you're worried about it, get some help talk about it yeah because I, I i get i was always interested in the way that you said it was very much at the beginning um first uh i suppose the, the first priority was getting the physical aspects yeah. sorted out yeah. and you then when that's more regulated you then start working on what led to you do. that you do. and isn't it interesting that it's what you know going backwards from say diagnosis yeah. it was the physical symptoms that yeah. were the one that was where this illness showed up yeah. but it was definitely coming from more of a psychological 100%. and emotional perspective yeah. so um and again this is grace's story but once she'd got the physical side regulated yeah what you know what was the mental emotional like that psychological support what 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 did that reveal about why this was there there wasn't really a lot of it from um the said's point of view once she was fed fed restored so i think stage one is diagnosis stage two is restoring weight now that's the bit that's really difficult because they're not in a sound kind of frame of mind and it's all on the parent the parent has to feed because they can't the the um the said team can't be there at well, home it's not residential care, no it's it? not no. so we they support us to support the child or the person you know the child um and then once we're at that stage that's stage three so that was what that consisted of was kind of um one to one with a psychotherapist. Okay. Now Grace didn't really engage very well with that. Um typical kind of teenager, she was just huffing and puffing and said it was boring. Um I think they tried to talk to her about maybe reasons why she she ended up being kind of anorexic, but they have said it just happens sometimes the anorexia part of oh, it right. can just happen but it's now that in the last year where we've well i guess this year really she feels empty she says she doesn't know who she is anymore she says she doesn't know what she likes what she dislikes it's like a big part of her have been taken away from anorexia you know anorexia has took that away from her right she's like a different person and I think a lot of that is to do with the age that it happened because obviously she's 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Lots of changes happen anyway. Um, and they don't know, we still don't really know where it come from. I think a lot of it was seeing people on Instagram. Um, mm -hmm. I used to go through her phone very frequently and TikTok and I would 100% 
say to any parent, do that. The teenager hates it, but see what they're looking at. See who they're following. Yeah. She was following loads of accounts, how to eat 600 calories a day and hide it from your parents. Um, You know, thigh gaps and oh, like yeah. bones sticking out of like um their hips and things yeah, and yeah. and how to get that it's just unbelievable and i am you know i wouldn't say i'm very tech savvy but i i, I you know i know what she's looking at i, I know yeah. the apps that she looks at um and looking for food that was a big thing she still she still does it to this day occasionally hide food if she doesn't want to eat a lunch because her friends aren't eating it she'll hide it right and she used to do that a lot she used to hide her lunch from school um and she hides it in the same place every single time and i find it within seconds so there's something maybe around that that she wants me to find it it's almost like a a, a, like a language like if i if if the symptoms of anorexia come in yeah then there's something else going on yeah for sure yeah and and she will say now even now she'll say oh well if i can't do that i'll just not eat and starve myself and i'm like well okay and we know how to kind of navigate around that usually me ignoring her is enough and then putting something in front of her and then she eats it um but yeah i I don't actually know where it came from when she was growing up she heard people call her fat you know um not necessarily only from friendship groups for but from family members um not necessarily from our side but you know people um saying things to her and she remembers that and this big thing that she's got with me is she tells me quite often that when i was fat you told me that i looked all right so i'm not going to believe you now when you say i look good or you know i'm healthy you told me that i was when i was you know air quotes what she calls fat yeah. yeah, so it's and and that fat isn't healthy. No, we talk about food being, you know, it, there's no food kind of bad really in our house. I'm just like food is food. It's just how much you eat of it. Uh-huh. You know, so when she'll say <clears throat> to me, "Good food, bad food, this food, that food," it's just like no, it's just food. We just don't eat too much of it. Yeah. Um, and the other kind of side of that is me watching Max extremely carefully as well because there is now a bigger kind of percentage that he might then develop something because he's seen heard a lot of stuff and he has lost a lot of weight yeah yeah like probably as markedly as she did yeah but I'm saying weight he actually hasn't lost weight he's just got tall and I've weighed him and he's lost about half a stone that's all because he's got taller but he worries he worries about it he talks to me i mean he's a talker with me he's not to well anyone. because of all of that that you yeah. did early on yeah like that was yeah he main. tells me everything and he does feel worried about it and he doesn't it's definitely affected their relationship enormously they don't really speak very right often okay. at all. and it's sad that's the case so there's still ongoing effects of i suppose like grace's internal conflict that showed up as anorexia that still maybe isn't 
you don't really have a root cause and maybe no, you don't need really. one we but don't she have continues one. to struggle she does in continue herself. to struggle she she um she's i mean i've got honestly she's she's a lot better she's a lot better and she doesn't restrict she pretty much eats what she wants when she wants to eat it but she runs uh she runs three or four times a week and if she is stressed for anything she'll say to me oh i'm just not going to eat and i'll say why well because i'm fat and then she looks for my reaction to that and i'm like come on you know what's going on what else is going on? So we talk yeah. about those things and yeah. it's often that. But oh, absolutely, I wouldn't say we're out of, you know, oh my God, we're through this. We still continue to work on it every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's left her with this incredible anger um, right. that okay. we, we, we've we just had an episode this weekend. If I don't let her do what she wants to do. Because you had to control oh, yeah. so much of her life. Yeah a period yeah and that's another thing is it's made me incredibly protective of her uh-huh. and, and she hates it you always know what's going on you always a, a time where she's 15 coming 16 In she's wanting more freedom at yeah. the very time that you well it's realistic isn't it so she'd lost two stone yeah. in what a month uh no seven no, weeks seven yeah. weeks so if she'd lost another two stone she'd have been in hospital and then anorexia would have had its grip even more so. Oh, so God, it would have yeah. been a much longer journey. Yeah. Like you'd have probably still been trying to control. Definitely. Um, so this her getting caught early, you're talking a space of a few weeks. Weeks. Well, they, because of the age that they are, they develop very, very quickly. So they call it weight for height. So they, they do like their weight and then they do their height and they give you a percentage. So I think Grace was at, 80% now it's not out of 100 I think they want to get them to 120 oh, I don't right. really understand it I just knew that every week she was gaining weight okay. um, and once they get to 100 that's when they start to their body is restored but then they have to keep going if that makes sense um, it's like 100 like survival yeah 120s you're doing okay yeah okay. and when they for me when they showed me her clinical so her blood work which is kind of white cell count um hemoglobin because i'm a nurse i understand that yeah when they showed me her pulse her temperature um her blood pressure i was horrified at how bad all of that was and she caught caught covid two days after being diagnosed so it was the perfect opportunity for anorexia to say let's not eat yeah. We won't eat, we'll just get poolier and poolier and poolier. Uh-huh. And I was fighting against that in the first week as well. And then once I could see that her clinical signs were getting better, I could. I was like, oh, that's, I, I understand this. But then we got into stage three, which was the kind of psychological aspects of it. And I didn't have a clue. I remember talking to you about it. And yeah. it's a very complicated disease. And I still don't really understand it. I've done a lot of work. Beat is one of the best uh, what's resources. What's that stand for? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, it's it's an eating disorder uh, <coughs> website. You can do courses. You say you're a parent and uh, you're access to so many courses. You can ring them any time of the day and night. 
um they're absolutely excellent and it's not just um anorexia there's all the other kind of eating disorders as well because grace did make her sick self sick a few times but that didn't become i stopped it you know i'd sit right. with her okay. and they, and that's another yeah. thing you had to do you had to sit with her while she ate the food and not let her out of the out of the room really she used to watch me cooking i remember talking to you about it she would stand in the living room and i would stand in the kitchen and there was a glass pane in the door and she used to watch to see what i was putting into her food because she wasn't allowed to have any control over any of that Mm. or anorexia wasn't and now I'm supposed to be like, off you go, out into the world, uh-huh. you know, not ask her what she's eating. Like, she's going to her friends after school today and I'm like, what's she going to eat? Mm-hmm. When's she going to eat it? You know, it's it's really, really difficult. And I guess I was talking to somebody last week about this and I've been left completely traumatised by the whole thing. Uh-huh. And okay. the only way that I'm, I was able to do all that for her was by talking to friends and family uh-huh. and, and being out and walking Lola yes, and taking yeah. stock of everything. But yeah. my life certainly got put on hold and still does to a degree, mm-hmm. you know. To save, so it's not just to be, you know, to be a good parent. It's actually so that she doesn't die. It's to save her life. I mean, yeah. it maybe sounds dramatic to some people. And I'm but sure another seven will. weeks? I mean, well, she'd have lost another two, which would have had her at five and a half, six stone. Mm-mm. You know, she and, and, I, and I had to be honest with her and tell her that that's where we were heading. We were heading into a residential, you know, like, and she would say the same thing. Oh, I'm not that skinny. You know, anorexic people are really skinny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, they don't eat anything. And she was eating, therefore she thought and other people thought maybe that that wasn't what was happening but it's more complicated than just anorexia it's the restriction it's the body dysmorphia it's it's there's so many different kind of sub pathologies within the banner of anorexia that are all operating absolutely and sometimes those things that anorexia shows up at can show up in a person who's really overweight Mm. oh definitely and and we talk about that as well because, you know, that thing, going back to it where she said, or oh, you said I looked all right when I was fat. So I'm not a skinny person by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm quite comfortable in who I am and what I am and how I look. And I see her sometimes looking at me uh-huh. and I think, does, does she think, oh, you're fat, so therefore... Well, if she's know, saying it about yeah, herself and yeah. people on TV yeah, and... Definitely. Yeah. And she'll say, oh, mum, no, you're so beautiful. You're... She's not going to admit this. I mean, she'll hear me saying this. <laughs> she does say that. Yeah. And, you know, she... So I'm saying, well, talk to yourself like that. If you yeah. talk to me like that, yeah. you know, like this thing, fat, like Max has been called it throughout his whole life and... We talk about, we, we never said the word, we never used to really talk about it and I think that was a mistake on my part. Mm. Then we started to say the word because I just didn't want them to think that that defined them, mm. you know. I suppose it's a bit like not allowing certain foods. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's restriction, it, it therefore implies that it's bad or wrong and maybe nothing's bad or wrong, it's just what you do with it, yeah. how you treat it. For sure, yeah. for sure. I just you know i think it's and i don't know if it happens now as i know there was something in the news about it by uh, with beat and um you 
said to me to go and sp- um, look at Virgo Hope. Hope Virgo. Who, Hope Virgo. Yeah. I yeah. always call her Virgo. <laughs> Hope Virgo. And she is fantastic. Uh, Grace has got her book. <coughs> she read her book. I read her book. I have spo- I've messaged her and she's messaged me back on yeah. Instagram. And she has a child now. Yes. Um, yeah. And she is, you know getting better i think that's what grace needed to see and hear that actually it isn't just oh i'm better now it's an ongoing kind of thing and Mm. she's frightened that this is going to be with her for the rest of her life and i have spoken to her about it and it it, it is going to be yeah yeah it's a bit like once an addict always an addict because it's there when you struggle providing the illusion of safety and Mm. comfort but it isn't it's just a short-term hit that makes you feel better in the short term because mm-hmm. you've got some kind of sense of control over all of these impermissible feelings mm-hmm. and actually it's them that need dealing with and like yeah. she's still doing that yeah she is yeah you know she is she is and she's got the you know I, I, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable when people say to me is oh she's a normal teenager because th- those things are hard the fighting against you, the wanting to do what she wants yeah. to do, you know, the rolling of the eyes, you know, all of that I find really difficult because I guess it's just kind of come to me now, but I do everything for her and she's still doing all of those things to me yeah. and it makes yeah. me really upset. Uh-huh. I'm trying my best. Oh, you're this, oh, you're that. And it is put under this kind of umbrella of, well, that's just normal teenage doesn't yeah. mean to say it's all right. No. no, well, and I think, you know, increasingly eating disorders, other mental health uh, disorders, they're, they're all becoming part and parcel of being a teenager. So you have the banner of teenager and you can dismiss it by saying, oh, it's just teenagers. Mm-hmm. But actually, th- this is them saying I'm struggling. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and th- they're on their foot. I mean, I try and try and res- not restrict her phone, but keep an eye on how much she's using it and you know she is on it about nine hours a day like it's unbelievable and she sees these filters and you know uh, celebrities influencers seeing like sorry um promoting healthy eating they're not healthy eating they're you know the skinny teas and Uh all of these things Uh and it's shoved down their throats all of the time you know love island she loves it she loves it i mean i do as well but you know i'm a 42 year old but no but this is it it's not just teenagers it's not just teenagers at all i was wondering about some of these um organizations that you've talked about here seds beat obviously hope virgo as well i know that they're not just focused on children they're not no no it happened i mean i i've got people in my life where they struggle with it yeah i was talking to another friend and and she was nodding her head while I was talking about Grace and she said, I have those behaviours. Oh, well, sure. I mean, I know in my practice, you know, yeah. uh, bulimia, anorexia, well, addiction. Yeah. It, just, it's all there, you yeah. know. And it, it yeah, it's, it's um, they're all ways of trying to find a sense of control over mm. things that maybe don't feel controllable. Exactly, um, exactly. And I don't think there's any one thing. I think it's just been a series of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we have contingency plans we have you know um a safety net she knows i can see her behaviors changing and when i feel like i need to step in a little bit and she does 
tell me very honestly how she's feeling what's and all like i remember you said to me yeah. once you know you've almost created a bit of a monster by being a the kids being able to be so honest with you yeah. that they do i mean <laughs> what's and all yeah yeah which you, you know will come on i think we'll have a little break yeah um and then we'll come on to how this has affected you yeah. and what it you know what it means yeah. i guess for you because uh, like you said you've been left with the effects of this and um yeah how it affects you because yeah. i'm sure there's lots of people out there listening who might be able to resonate from the perspective of their children or somebody yeah. that they know but as with any illness it spreads through those who are involved and we've mentioned max but we haven't really said about you so yeah. if we do that when we come back yeah okay fine. cool well i hope you're enjoying this show with my sister so nice to be able to bring some of my family into uh, onto the podcast and into this community to to share with you and kind of have that um, alternative perspective on some of the things that I share because she was there when she was younger. Um, so just a short break to offer you the opportunity to have a think about whether or not you might be able to offer something to the Healing Together community by sharing some of your story. Is there something that you've been through or that you're going through that feels hard and maybe you felt alone with? And I can guarantee you that by having the bravery to speak up about some of that and talk to me about it in the safety of the space that I provide and maybe take it one step further by sharing that with our amazing community and having some feedback you could perhaps get some comfort yourself um, I know that this community is really great in feeding back to the guests about the impact that sharing the story has had on them and the inspiration that it's provided so I am particularly interested in, in hearing from any men that might want to share their stories it's so difficult for men to open up and be vulnerable about things that they're going through. And that's exactly the reason that I need you to do this, that we all need you to do this. That's one specific um, requirement, I guess, that I have for us. But actually, you know, as you've seen through the previous episodes, it doesn't really matter who's sharing the story. It's about that unique perspective that comes from that person. And so if you have something that you would like to receive healing from in sharing or want to support others with in terms of your own story and your amazing and unique journey that has made you the beautiful person that you are, then please contact me on martinblacklock at gmail.com and let's see if we can get something organized. It's a really simple process. I'll either invite you to my home in Shap where we will take around two to three hours. I'll set you up beforehand and make sure that you feel really comfortable. And then we'll record the show and maybe have a little coffee or something afterwards. If it's on a night, we might have a wine. <laughs> um, and if you're not local, then we can do this over Zoom and it will take a similar format. So please do get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you've got to say. Tell us all what you've got to say, because we want to hear it. Thank you. And let's get back to the show.
Okay, so welcome back to part two. Um, it's going to be a shorter part two because um, we've realised that Claire needs to get away. Um, so we're going to use the uh, remainder of this particular show to talk about Claire's personal journey with supporting Grace through anorexia and uh, some of your, well, some of your own reflections on what it's meant for you. Um, so I know that part of the process in uh, that SED's put in place was this therapy for you. This was family therapy and then there was therapy for you as well, wasn't yeah. there? So um, I'm just wondering kind of how it has been for you on a personal level. Yeah, so I went back to do my return to practice and the university had a counsellor and they... I kind of spoke to my tutor and she said we can do that so I had um about four sessions with him because he was leaving so it was very short but sweet um and just kind of a lot of what came up for me was while I was looking after Grace was kind of my own journey when I was younger um and kind of childhood and what I what you said before if it was me I think it would have been a different story, you know, with mum and dad and yeah. the situation. Um, and I think it's it's brought up a lot of stuff, um, kind of like how, how, oh, what's the word? Like, life is very, very kind of, it can be really up and down um, okay. and it can change really quickly and I'm really bad at change. I thought I was quite good. Um, I also thought that I was going to be a fun parent um, okay. and I'm not a fun parent and I think what's happened is this anorexia kind of with Grace, it's completely turned my world upside down. Um, it's made me question every part of my parenting. It's made me worry more about her than ever before. Um, what it's also done, um, and I, I spoke to the counsellor about this and he helped me see um is it's made me question kind of my own upbringing at this time i was left i wasn't left but at the same time now when i was 15 so About me and grace to turn 16. yeah so me and grace are born in november ah uh, yes so, so this it's time of year exactly the same mm -hmm. kind of pattern you know i met an older man and had a 10 year relationship with an older man um, and I and I you know mum and dad knew about it and and very loosely tried to stop it <laughs> are you okay saying what the age difference was um <laughs> yeah it was 18 years okay. it was incredible yeah um I don't regret anything that happened um we had a wonderful five years and we had that absolutely horrific yeah five years yeah. he had um bulimia and anorexia and mental health issues and lots of stuff going on um so this has brought up a lot of stuff for me yeah um so me and him talked a lot about that and also me being the carer you know um in every relationship i've had like up until I got married, um, were all kind of we've spoke about this before. Three men, yeah, and they all needed me 
to care for them um, and that's what I've always done and I think that's why I've been pretty much single for a long time um, yeah so it's brought up a lot of stuff um, it's brought up a lot of stuff about alcohol um, I'm not going to talk too much about that of what's happened in the past with mm-hmm. other people in my life with alcohol yeah. but it's been a running theme um, and Grace certainly has you I mean again she's a normal teenager uh-huh. they all do it mm-hmm. um, but it brings up a lot of stuff for me um, around safety mainly um, so yeah it, it's kind of turned me into a little bit of a wreck I have to be honest okay. um, but I am kind of I have ways of dealing with it which is usually walking talking to friends I've got an amazing support network um, work has really helped me to give me a sense of me and who I am um, you know I'm Claire Blacklock that's who I am yes but I've been to Claire Telford for a really long time um, and there's still a lot of work to do I do a lot of meditation and it brings up a lot of stuff for me and I don't always know what to do with it I usually come to you about uh-huh. it yeah um, well, that that that's its its job, and yeah. most people think it's to make them peaceful. But you actually have to get very uncomfortable and work Definitely. through what comes up before you get the moments yeah. of peace. So you know, um, spoiler to anybody that thinks it's going to be easy. Nah, it's really difficult. Um, and it's you know, I I think that's it. Like, oh, I'll listen to a meditation, and it it just doesn't. Like, I fall asleep during them, which I don't know. I mean, I know you've said. I guess you do what you do during them but I do fall asleep during them but I think it's because I'm completely relaxed but then it, it just brings up so much afterwards yeah yeah you know well when you finally relax yeah then what is really underneath all of that busyness and everybody else's shit yeah. is yours yeah for so. sure and Grace shines or puts a huge mirror in front of me you know like not she doesn't actually do that but you know she shines she's me through and through inside out and back to front i know what she's gonna do <coughs> i know what she's gonna say she's gonna push she pushes me to every limit um and i know that that is like that that's kind of, i remember like saying to mom you know oh my god how am i gonna do this and she's like you'll just do it and i guess you do just do it yeah but it's really difficult and and i sit on a night and i think to myself i wonder if you know her across the road is having these same issues with their child or if this person is or if that person is or am i abnormal and then i get loads of people messaging me saying oh my god this is so difficult what do you do and and it's just talking to people and i guess i'm very much this cliche of a work in progress Uh uh-huh like a lot of people and you use a lot of podcasts to help you as well so you work really hard i think just to reflect back to you some of what you've just said that you do yeah um you know you reach out for support in all of the different ways that you can whether that's like self um like taught stuff like yeah. through podcasts through educating yourself um you reach out to friends 
you um, try to regulate your physical and mental and emotional health you realize that those three those things are all connected so mm. you know when you're tired or yeah. you haven't eaten that I that do. affects your mood i mean you've always known that yeah especially <laughs> um, tiredness yeah i'm a nightmare <laughs> but everyone is they yeah. just blame i don't know yeah. another person or yeah. something um and but i think one of the main things that you do which is the biggest turnaround and this is the thing that whenever dad says that you're just like your mother the one thing you do is talk about what's difficult yeah, and you and this thing with grace what's yeah. like what you're doing right now yeah. and i'm reminded of a post that that someone we know on facebook today said about i've got to speak up about my difficult things because otherwise i'm struggling with them alone and yeah. thinking that the whole world around me is doing great and i'm supposed to be because i'm pretending that i am and i mean they weren't her words but it was that yeah, sort of sentiment yeah, yeah. and by doing that you actually say a massive fuck you to the shame that can yeah. make it all continue and get worse because then lovely people reach out and say me too they or do. can i help they or, do. i get you know. but even over the weekend when i've had a, a difficult time you know people that are having extremely difficult times that i'm helping them with are messaging me and saying are you okay you know can i do anything i'll do anything what would you, what do you need it's not a burden no, it's to not. share well i mean and if it is they're not your people to yeah. help you with so it's great news and i've definitely yeah. learned that as we both have <laughs> yeah. there's many people in our life past you know and i just don't associate myself with them because and even you know to a degree i can't cope with my own father in certain situations i have to say Lee, you know i'll be back just give us a minute you know yeah. and you have to just i have to just have good good people yeah. and positive things for me to be able to be everything i need to be for myself and for my kids but i'm definitely still working on my own kind of like loving myself and who yeah. i am and you know and and relationships within the family because of grace have changed i don't think kerry will my you know our sister will mind yeah. me saying you know, she misses Grace, who yeah, Grace was. the child. Yeah. yeah. We're going out for tea tonight and Grace isn't coming. Now, right. is that because she's busy with other things or is it because we're going to eat out? Uh-huh, yeah. Know? But she's missing her ne um her cousin's birthday, you know, so it's an ongoing thing, but mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of dealing or kind of only do, only kind of focusing on the things I can control. Yeah. And yeah. picking and choosing fights, yeah. arguments, yeah. confrontations. Yeah, you know. and not just with Grace. And not just with Grace. Outside of that Yeah, for well. sure. For yeah. sure. It changes everything. Uh -huh. It uh -huh. does. Yeah, as trauma does. You it know, does. it tips everything on its head and you land in different places and you have to find yourself again. And, yeah. you know, you won't go... You, you, you feel more like Claire Blacklock now versus... The Claire Telford that you've had to be but you won't go back and be as you're not going back to be the same nurse that you were you won't nah, go back all. and be that because you also have to integrate Claire Telford into who you are and yeah. become you know whatever that's going to be and I, I guess like Grace has to incorporate anorexia into her life yeah, you know this like thing that she doesn't want well it's a part of her yeah uh, a part that isn't helpful and no. needs to be kept under wraps but if she 
as if you get rid of Claire Telford altogether. Well, you, you can't. No, you can't. Because it shapes And you. it's so much more than a name. It isn't really the name, you know. I won't change my name back because it's really important to me that me and my children have the same name uh-huh. uh, for lots of reasons. Um, another one is that I'm not able to take them abroad if we've got different names without permission. Yeah, there's okay. lots of reasons. Yeah. There's lots of reasons. Yeah. Um, but Claire Blacklock, I see myself as kind of pre-16, I guess. As yeah, well. even that relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it, it definitely has come up when I'm parenting a teenager. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, we kind of get frozen in time if we haven't dealt with what really happened at that time and that that's really um making me think about with our mum that she was frozen around about six or seven when something happened to her so I always saw her as a child even though she looked after me but I always just saw her as a vulnerable child that needed looking after and we were at our best when we were being childlike not when one of us was looking after the other one that is you very know, very true yeah and it does happen these mm. it stays in you and if you don't address it it just shows up in other ways yeah well i mean i'm i'm probably still to a degree stuck when man died yeah you know to be able to let someone into my life and open my heart fully i'm just not ready to do that yeah. we've talked a lot about this when privately. you've got walls around your heart yeah. they are there to protect you but they also stop love getting in and they out do. So. they do and and you know maybe that'll be weird to some people like but my mom was the love of my life uh-huh. and she was she was my soulmate and part we, we talk about it all the time not like part of you dies with that person yeah. but i would say definitely a part of my heart went and yeah. it's really difficult to let someone else into that yeah. because it was my mum yeah. you know it's weird it is yeah. weird but it is how it is <clears throat> well and hopefully you know when the kids have grown up a bit more and don't need you as much and you also allow yourself to not be needed by them as much yeah because <laughs> you've got Lola at least who uses yeah. up some of that energy that, that maternal energy she does. but you find a whole lot of your value in being a mother but so did our yeah our mum as well and there wasn't really anything left no and so and i'm trying really hard yeah i am trying really hard to do that make it a different story yeah so that dad isn't right yeah (laughs) we can't have that christ (laughs) okay well listen you are going to go for this meal yeah um so we're going to finish doing a card reading for you okay okay yeah um so as I do this, yeah. uh, these are the oracle cards from Sophie Bashford, the goddesses, gods and guardians cards. And so, I mean, I know you've probably had card readings before, but while I'm shuffling them here, thinking of an open question that you want some guidance with. Now, the cards prompt your internal guidance. Okay. So it's just a way of you being able to ask that question of yourself um, with the, the lens of of the particular card that comes out for you okay um so this question can be something that's going on like a minor issue it can be something about your life do i share this or is it just um just keep it 
to yourself for now. Okay. And then as we go through the cards, you can say, oh, yeah, it does re relate to oh, that. Oh, okay. But you, you just can say what you like. That's okay. for you. Um, okay. And I do this on um, the podcast because I always think that everybody can get some guidance yeah. as well. Um, well, I have. So yeah, yeah. So it's, that's it, and it is. It's 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 um, helping you tune into your internal mm. guidance because we, of course, have all of the answers inside of us that we need for everything that we do. But the blockages around that inner knowledge are there because of the things that we've been through that shut us off from ourselves. So sometimes we need such practices as oracle cards to help us tune in, um, and mirrors of those people who we're in relationship with and yeah. nature and other people's stories. So I believe this is how these practices and each other, how we can all help each other get back inside yeah, when sure. there's there's blocks. So yeah, and if you can't think of a question, and and if it is a question, it's got to be an open one. So why, what, one, why, when, what, how, uh, and the other one. Okay. Where, what, why, when, how. Okay. Um. So rather than a just yes, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Or a a question that has a yes, no answer. And if you can't think of anything, you can say, "I'll just have some guidance, please, on where I'm at today." Okay. Oh. Okay. okay. So these are the cards. So just run your hands over wherever you feel drawn to pick it usually you'll get a sense your intuition will tell you which one you want and then you can have a look at it there and so we've got a dt expand your consciousness so what do you see there that about her the colors anything that's going on any any um, elements of that um, image there that might communicate anything to you well she's open Yes. She's welcoming. Uh, it's <coughs> bright. There's a lots of bright colours. Yeah. Uh, she's a strong female. Yeah. Or she looks like she is. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like she's kind of saying, "Come to me and help. Like I can help you, maybe." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what the guidance says in here. Aditi. go okay so aditi expand your consciousness see the bigger picture the universe is opening you up mother of the endless universe aditi is the primordial hindu goddess who appears often in the vedas the earliest hindu scriptures her name means limitless or boundless in sanskrit sanskrit Aditi is the source of all who gave birth to the entire cosmos, including all the gods and all the goddesses. As a celestial mother, she's sometimes represented as a sacred cow, nourishing everything <laughs> on earth with her milk. <laughs> also known as Mother Space, she okay. symbolizes the infinite freedom, divine order and cosmic connection. So she says, look up at the sky, the clouds, the stars, planets and endless expanses stretching out in all directions. You're part of a vast, limitless consciousness and of a divinely ordered universe. It may be hard to remember this right now as you're consumed with the details, problems and demands of everyday life. You might feel restricted, confined or limited by your circumstances. Perhaps you've been spending too much time indoors or listening to inflexible, narrow ideas. 
Aditi invites you to gaze upon the sky outside your window. Her expansive energy swirls around your tight forehead, freeing up your mind. You've reached an impasse because you've been become closed to alternative options. It's easy to get locked inside your own head. You get stuck in a rut and only see dead ends and foregone conclusions. <laughs> Open your consciousness, connect with the divine mind and feel the rich expansiveness. You're not limited in any way and I'm here to show you the extensive possibilities and plentiful resources that are always available. Widen your perspective, stand up and stretch your arms out to the universe. Be open to unexpected blessings, surprising solutions and new avenues of understanding. Your guidance from Aditi is to broaden your horizons, mentally, physically or spiritually. So be curious. What she says some additional meanings don't take this situation personally <laughs> study philosophy or ancient knowledge systems such as astrology or ayurveda travel or move abroad okay i wish <laughs> get a second opinion yeah. you are good at that yeah develop your connection with your spiritual guides yeah. and the invocation to take with you my mind is open and flexible i'm willing to expand mm, that makes so much sense in relation to your question? Uh, um, yeah, my question and I guess what I'm talking about today. Okay. And motherhood and, you know, that she's the mother. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, yeah, it does. It does make a lot of sense. I'm thinking back to what you said at the beginning about not just having to be one way that you yeah. want to be, um, you know, caring and there for others, but include yourself in that. Yeah. And um, maybe... Um, considering the other options that might be available for you to be like Claire Blacklock and Claire Telford yeah. um, be open to others needs but equally be open to your own mm. um, speak your truth rather than just smiling yeah. and saying everything's fine yeah. um, I think that that's definitely what kind of parenting grace is showing me that you know there is she needs all parts of me yeah. you know and i need mm -hmm. myself you know i need to be at my best self to be able to do that yeah for sure yeah yeah it's, it's just that thing isn't it that you're enough you know yeah that's that's what a lot of my stuff is that i'm enough you know for her and for myself um i know i am for my kids but i'm still working on the stuff for myself well, and maybe, you know, maybe they play up because they are asking you to be those parts of you that you need to be. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that when kids play up, it's because they pick up on some difficulty that's going on underneath yeah. the surface and, and they want you to rise up somehow yeah. and be what they need. but you struggle because yeah. you also had parents that you yeah. know, needed to or do my that two have you. absolutely no issues telling me <coughs> exactly what they think of me and what they need from me and what they good. even though like grace with anorexia what she needed from you wasn't what she thought she needed yeah. from you so it's almost like you're receiving what she needs through um like a a different lens yeah. so you've got to kind of read between that definitely and, and be what she needs even though she doesn't like it and sure. let's hope she thanks you in the end. Well, we'll see if we <laughs> get through it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, listen, we'll finish there because yeah. I know you need to get away. So thank you so much for coming and sharing this part of your story and how it connects in. It's obviously far more complicated than just an eating disorder yeah. of your daughter. It's her teenage you know world and her growing up and 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 your part to play in that mm. and um yeah it's not just teenagers it's not just part of being a parent it's so much more than mm. that and um i'm sure that a lot of people will be um comforted and inspired by what you've i hope so say. and just keep talking just keep talking i think that's really important to your teens and yeah. asking difficult questions yeah leave no stones untied. not at all they don't like it yeah. well it's tough that'll teach them how the world's going to be uh, I absolutely how would you feel so i'm going to put these links to said's beat and hope virgo yeah. would you be okay me perhaps sharing your social media like your instagram social yeah, media yeah. handles so that if anyone wanted to contact you directly yeah. with feedback they could because yeah. i sometimes think people find it a bit awkward coming through me ah, okay um so you have yeah yeah no problem that. um great okay well thank you so much thank you and um and i'll see you soon you will okay thank you bye, bye. Oh, i really enjoyed that she did so well and believe me there's a lot more to share this is just uh, one part of of her story so i'll definitely have her back on the podcast sometime soon okay so episode 11 and i have treated you to a couple of shows this week just to make up for that um, little gap during our holiday the next show will be uh, this time next week and i'm interviewing a few people over the next week uh, i'm not sure who i'm who I'm going to share from from those interviews so you'll just have to wait to see <laughs> uh, however I will be sharing a meditation uh, I'll probably record it over the weekend and it's going to be a cord cutting meditation using solar plexus and heart chakras and it's a really great way to energetically cut the cords of those parasitic energies that hold you back those things that still have an influence over your life and it's time to let them go and create space for more meaningful and helpful energies to flow your way so i'm going to record that and i'll have some lovely plinky plonky music on to help you feel comfortable and relaxed while you do this really important energy work if anybody actually has any requests for any type of meditations or breath work that they would like me to share, then just get in touch. You know, I'm 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 here to serve you, and uh, I intuit what you might need um, from all of my internal investigations and uh, experiences during the week and with the people around me. But I do love to be told what people would like and therefore I can tune in and, and provide a, a, a solution to that, I guess. Um, so yeah, teach me how to treat you. Tell me what you want and I will happily oblige. Anyway, I'm off to bed. I'm doing this late night again. I think it's because I'm prioritizing my time off and enjoying it a little more. 
That was my intention this morning when I did my meditation, to be calm and enjoy the day. And I did. So set your intentions this morning or the next morning from when you're listening to this. Create the life you want. And as always, be strong, stay open, kind and grateful. And I'll see you next week. Lots of love. Bye-bye.